Good evening. Uh, it is Tuesday. It's always Tuesday whenever I'm on. It is Tuesday, February 12th at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which means my phone dings because I'm live on Facebook land. And it's live on Dream Dogs, Central Florida Dog Training Facebook page. And then what we do is we put it up on our podcast. Our podcast is called How to Train Your Service Dog. And we put the webinars up on there because they're chock full of good information. And sometimes people can't sit and watch or sometimes people aren't on Facebook as hard as that is to believe. So by sharing it up with our podcast, it is really nice because more people have access to us. And that's what we want is we want this information to get out there. So tonight, what we're gonna talk about is how to have your ideal training session. Hey guys, perfect. See some of my friends are popping on, so that's always good. Um, and first I wanted to talk about uh, food and feeding uh, because it does have a lot to do with your ideal training session. We want you to have amazing training sessions with your dog and we get amazing training sessions with your dog while we have your dog out here. So we wanna share some of those tips and tricks that maybe you don't know about, maybe you're unsure about. Um, so you too can have amazing, awesome training sessions because guess what? You don't have to have hour long training sessions. And a lot of times it's funny because uh, when people come out for private sessions, a lot of times we'll book an hour for it. Why do we book an hour? Well, it's because we live out in the boonies and sometimes people are late. I mean, sometimes they're early, but sometimes they're late. So, so they get stuck in traffic and they're 10 or 15 minutes late. That's okay. Because we don't work the dog for an hour. I mean, holy cow, guys, for most dogs, if you worked them for an hour, their heads would explode. And that gets very messy and very dirty. And I don't like to clean that up, which is a joke, guys. We've never had a dog explode because of training. But you know what happens whenever you train your dog too long is they don't like it. They get sluggish. They get slow. They don't want to do it. You're not getting the performance that you want to get out of it. And it doesn't go well. Right. And we don't want that to happen. So first, we're going to talk about food. So I feed kibble. Yes, I'm one of the monsters who feeds kibble. Um, my dogs have all been on raw at some point. Um, Gypsy was on raw. She's about a year and a half. Um, she is a year and a half. Uh, she's been on raw for at least six to eight months, probably six months. Um, she's been on raw. I mean, heck, guys, you know, we have cows here. And when we send the cows to the butcher, they come back as hamburger, steak and roasts. And she ate most of our bull in hamburger. <laughs> she did. Um, but they have to eat so much of it. And you have to add so many supplements to it. It's, it's tiresome, right? It gets really old really fast. And if you forget to pull out some from the freezer, then your dog doesn't have food or you have to go and, uh, and thaw it out in the microwave or, you know, if you want to cook it on the stovetop because it was ground beef. And then because it was ground beef without the bone mixed in, we had to do that and we had to mix this and that and the other. And like I said, it got to be just a bit of a pain to deal with. Traveling, it was a pain. Um, and, and I didn't, like all my dogs, Arrow, you know, who died at six of cancer, he was on raw for about half of his life. Um, if he would have been on in his whole life, would he have died at six of cancer? I don't know. But I, I have three dogs right now. I had five last year. I don't, I, I can't feed all of them raw, even growing my own cows, right? So we do kibble. And for the longest time, we fed from tractor supply, the four health salmon and potato. And 
we had gone through quite a few different ones whenever I had my German Shepherd, Jedi, and Zoe. And it was just them because Jedi had tummy issues. And then Era had tummy issues. I think a lot of Shepherds have tummy issues. So he would get very farty. So we found chicken made Arrow extra farty. And uh, so that's why he was on the salmon and potato from Tractor Supply. He did decent on that for the most part. Um, but what we did is that's what they were on. Now there's stuff coming out about taurine deficiencies and it's caused by a grain-free diet. Well, is it caused by a grain-free diet or is it showing up more in dogs in a grain-free diet? Because a lot of times they're eating the legumes and the taurine absorption is blocked. I don't care. I don't want my dog to have taurine issues. Um, and what happens with that is they get, I want to say it's dilated cardiomyopathy. And I had a friend, Doberman, who did that, and that was not fun, right? So anything I can do to help is going to be awesome. So we had to switch her to a not grain-free food. And do you know how hard it is to find a not grain-free food? So a lot of the golden people like Purina Pro Plan. A lot of the breeders like Purina Pro Plan. That's actually what Gypsy's breeder had recommended when we got her almost a year and a half ago, was Purina Pro Plan. So we just got our second bag of Purina Pro Plan in, and that's what we are switching the dogs who come in uh, whenever we feed them our food, like our kennel food, is going to be instead of tractor supply for health salmon and potato, it is going to be Purina Pro Plan. I think we're on the sport. I think it's a purple bag. I know it's a purple bag. <laughs> um, but we ordered it from Chewy, so that's nice. And then I do supplement her. Um, she gets veggies throughout the day. Um, I usually don't put them in the um, blender and blend them up. I mean, I sometimes do. So if we have some, uh, say, some salad that's maybe not the crispiest, I might put that in the blender with whatever else I find and blend it up and put it in ice cube tray in the freezer. And then it freezes up and it becomes these num num blocks. And we'll do that. But I also, I love, I have been in such a green bean mood. And oh my goodness, guys, if you have an air fryer, try green beans sprayed with olive oil, sprinkled with salt, pepper, and garlic in the air fryer for about 18 minutes on 400. Holy crap, they're better than french fries. So we have been eating a lot of green beans. So she gets the green bean ends, right? She gets the real skinny green beans that aren't really green beans. They're like baby green beans. Like she'll get those. Uh, if I'm peeling and cutting carrots for something, like I made stew the other day, well, she got a carrot, you know, because she was all happy to get a carrot. Um, there's something she doesn't like, but Gypsy eats pretty much anything. And because Gypsy eats it, some of the other dogs are like, I want that too. That's the best. I want that. So so we'll do that for them. But I don't put everything in the food processor. She likes to crunch up the carrots and eat it. That's fine. Um, she likes the green bean ends. You know, that's great. Um, she loves strawberry tops. You know, her absolute favorite, guys, is bananas. She goes bananas for bananas. <laughs> but no, honestly, I, gosh, it was over a year ago. I think it was like last December. I sat down with a banana and she came running up and put her front paws on my legs. And she was like, oh my gosh, I need that. I'm like, you're not going to eat a banana. And I offered her some and oh, it's her absolute favorite. So she's always eating odds and ends that we have. Now we don't feed foods that dogs can't have, which makes sense, right? So we don't feed, uh, cooked bones. Cooked bones are bad. Raw bones are great. So say I have, I said air fryer a little bit ago, I have been on a wing kick lately. So if I'm making wings and I'm chopping them and I chop off the wing tips, I either save them for broth or I give them to Gypsy. Now they're raw wing tips and she loves them. 
and it helps clean her teeth, which is nice. My parents had a dog who was Mickey. How old was Mickey? 12, 11, somewhere around there, and her teeth were yellow. And they came down to visit, and at the time, we were feeding Jedi and Zoe, my German Shepherd and Border Collie. We were feeding them a raw diet, and it was a chicken leg quarter. This was before I was reading into Volhar diet and everything else. So I just chuck them a raw chicken leg quarter for a Jedi and a chicken leg or thigh to Zoe, and that's what they would eat. And that's, they had it for dinner. I'd feed them out on the patio because I did not want chicken slime in my house. And they did wonderful on it. So Mickey was down visiting with my parents and we gave her one. We gave her a little chicken leg and she was very unsure of it at first. And she kind of cautiously watched the other dogs and then she had some and she loved it. So that was day one and we looked and you know what? I told you her teeth were yellow, like not just highlighter yellow, but like an orangey yellow. Like she never had a dental. Mom and dad don't brush teeth. They don't do dental scrapings. So her teeth were very yellow. And, and she was 11 years old, 12 years old, right? So she was an older dog. So a lot of that white was showing through again. So second day we did it. And again, more white showing through. After the third day of having a chicken leg, a chicken leg, a chicken leg, right? Her teeth were white. It was better than a dental. She didn't have to go under anesthesia and they didn't have to spend $300 on it. How fantastic. So for the rest of Mickey's life, she got her chicken leg every night and she loved it. And so it was a great way to supplement that feeding because she also got kibble. Uh, so that's what I do right now is sometimes they'll get chicken legs or chicken legs, chicken wings, whatever, right? Um, sometimes if we're just making uh, hamburgers, you know, or I'm making chili or whatever, we might just give them a little bit of the ground beef. But having butchered cows, right? They're not going to get the steak, guys. They're not getting the ground beef. Uh, you know, if we're going to all that trouble of raising the cow and everything else, like they're getting basically the odds and ends. Um, they're getting the bones. They're maybe getting like the stuff I'm not eating, tongue, heart, you know, tail, stuff I'm not eating, they can have. Um, but we also, like I said, we do the... Uh, the supplements and, and it works out really nice. So let me go and check some of the comments that people have been writing. Uh, she supplements, Claire says she supplements raw meat, eggs and veggies. Oh, eggs too. Oh my gosh, Gypsy adores eggs. And luckily we have chickens. So um, we picked up one of the eggs and it was cracked. And like we had just cracked it was we were picking it up uh, and called Gypsy over. She ate it, she loved it. She adores her chicken eggs and it works. It works out really good. So supplements, raw meat, eggs and veggies, 10% and then 90% kibble. Yeah, that's probably what we do. Um, Maddie says Venom and Spidey do well on Purina Pro Plan. Awesome. And Terry says her first package of Purina Pro Plan came today. I'm anxious to see how you like it, Terry. Uh, Nicole says it's a challenge uh, feeding four dogs raw, about six pounds a day for all four. Uh, the Premix raw is a lifesaver. Yeah. I'm kind of cheap there too. So like I see the prices and I'm like, oh, wow. And you know, you have four, Nicole. I'm down to three right now. Maybe not for long, but I'm down at three right now. Um, Claire says hergs get the raw ground beans and love them. Uh, Christina says Purina Pro Plan messed up both Holmes and Luca, so we had to change. The poop never was normal and at times it totally stopped. Well, that's not good. Uh, Claire says um, carrots, the ends of squash, zucchini, broccoli, stems, bananas, apples. Oh, Gypsy likes the bananas, the apples, pears. Oh, she loves all that stuff. Um, I've tried the ends of squash, um, the yellow squash and the zucchini, because that's super good in the air fryer too. Um, so I've been eating a lot of that, and she's not wild about it. But she has eaten um, 
you know how when you cook the bell pepper and you're cutting it up for yourself and you take the top off and sometimes you chop it up. Sometimes your dog's sitting right there and wants to try some bell pepper. Um, so she's got, you know, especially when we do the red, because I'm like, it's red, it's a pretty color. Um, Claire says wingtips, that's a great idea. Awesome, good, good, good. So, so food-wise, so like I said, that's currently what we're feeding our dogs is Purina Pro Plan, and we've switched, uh, like I said, the kennel dogs over now. When the boot camp and boarding dogs come in, they are more than welcome to bring their own food in. Uh, we actually had a dog come up today who is on All Raw, so she wanted to check freezer space so she could, uh, you know, send his up. And I thought that was fantastic. And of course, you know, because we're set up to, to handle a whole cow well, and two pigs, because that's why we bought the second deep freeze, like we are good to go. Um, Maddie asks, what if my dogs don't like any veggies? What I would do, Maddie, in that case is put them in the food processor with some fruit. So I like to throw in like a salad before it starts to wilt, some maybe bananas, you can throw in applesauce, a couple eggs, uh, maybe a pear, a banana, you know, make it sweet for them, but add some veggies, throw in a carrot, carrots are pretty sweet, you know, and, uh, and blend it all up and then just, uh, I call it veggie slop. <laughs> and it's like whatever veggies and fruit I have on hand. And I'll just, you know, chuck a, a, a spoonful of that on their food. And when Rodney Habib talked with uh, Karen Becker was there too, but she wasn't on stage at IACP conference in St. Louis a couple years ago. What's this? Oh nine, so it must have been seventeen. Um, oh nine, it's nineteen. Never mind. And in twenty seventeen, they were in St. Louis, and he was saying about dogs who were on a raw diet and switched to a kibble diet, and dogs were on a kibble diet and switched to a raw diet, and dogs were on a kibble diet and switched, so they get supplemented with the raw foods. And I'm like, that's what I want to do, okay? Um, so Claire says she feeds Victor Pro, which is very similar to Purina Pro. Yeah, yep. And Jen says, but no grapes or raisins. You know, it's funny, Jen. Kind of not funny. Kind of the weird ha-ha funny. We were at Disney once with one of my trainers who's also a friend who's just graduated vet school, right? So we were in Disney with our service dogs. There was this kid throwing grapes at our dogs. And the mom thought it was so funny that he was doing that. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So she's like, no, don't let your kid throw grapes at our dogs. You know, grapes are, are not good for dogs to eat. This isn't funny. Um, but if you look in old training books, like really old training books, um, 50 years ago or more, um, they'll say to use raisins as dog treats. So it's funny because they also will say, you know, like cook stuff with garlic for your dog to help prevent the fleas. And you know, like now they say not to feed garlic. So do stay away from the grapes and the raisins. I think avocados aren't good. Um, there's chocolate, of course, isn't good for the dogs. So check the different things and, and make sure there's enough infogram stuff. I don't do the infogram stuff. I don't have them. But if anyone has it and wants to, to put the link in the comments, please feel free to. Um, you know, you want to make sure that you're feeding your dog the right things and not things that are going to hurt your dog. Okay. But be Worn too, raw bones, not cooked, not steamed, not blanched, not roasted, raw bones, you can give to your dog. Now, I stick to beef and chicken. I don't do pork. I don't know why I don't do pork, um, but I don't. Um, for example, if we have, like, uh, we're cutting up round steak from our cow, and sometimes there's a bone in it, and the bone's maybe so big, smaller than palm size, right, if you're just listening. Um, we'll cut that out and it has meat on it and has the marrow in it. 
but it's small and Gypsy's not. So Zoe is the one who gets that. We usually put Zoe in a crate and she gets that bone. And so she can get all the meat off of it. She can get all the marrow out of it. And then we throw it away because I don't want the bone ending up in the bottom of the dog's jaw. Like I've seen, that's not good. So that, that's what we're feeding now. There's two different ways that you can feed. You can have meal times or you can do free feeding. Okay, so for meal times, you have meal times scheduled throughout the day. Now, I feed once a day when I have a puppies, uh, you know, personal puppies or, or dogs in. Um, I'll feed breakfast, maybe lunch, but usually just breakfast and dinner. And usually breakfast is all training and dinner is all training because they're puppies and you train a lot. And then when they're around four or five months old, um, they will uh, learn how to eat with the pack right but until then they get a lot of it's it's training time so there's meal times that you can do or there's free feeding in which you have a bowl of food on the floor and they eat it and you fill it up whenever it gets empty i do not ever recommend free feeding even if the dog's old and good and fine no i still don't recommend free feeding why a couple reasons you can't monitor how much your dog's eating how do you know if your dog's eating his food or not? What if your dog's not feeling good and he's not eating food for three days before you notice it, or four days, or five days, right? So you you monitor it because maybe you assume that someone else in the house is 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 uh, scooping in the food bowl, or you just don't realize that much time has gone by. Whereas if you have meal time every day, you know, like oh, he didn't eat today, or he didn't eat this next day. Let's call the vet, right? Um, the other thing is, so you can monitor it, right? The other thing is, we live in Florida. Florida has bugs and I don't want my house to be super inviting for bugs. So I'm not leaving food on the floor mm -hmm. where cockroaches can crawl into it. Not that we have cockroaches, but that's one of the reasons why we don't because cockroaches are everywhere. Um, but I don't want cockroaches or ants or bugs crawling into my dog's food. I mean, yes, I know it's extra protein and how awesome is that, but I still don't want it. Uh, so I don't do that. Plus I like to use, like I said, meal times as training times. So if I take the bowl of food, right? And instead of putting it down for my dogs to eat, I use that for training opportunities. How awesome is that? Then my dog's not working to fill up on, you know, on soft treats or crunchy treats. My dog is uh, is filling up on the kibble that is hopefully balanced and good for him. Now, say you're, why feed raw food? And how am I going to feed raw food and training time? Yeah, we've done that before too. What you do is uh, for ground beef, for example, or if you grind up your stuff, you have it in a bowl, you have a spoon, you teach your dog to eat the stuff off the spoon. You get a spoonful of the raw dunk, right? The raw num nums, and you let your dog eat it off. And then you get the next spoonful and you let your dog eat it off. So yeah, it can take some time. Because don't forget, guys, you want a time between your clicker or your yes or your break or your word saying the word click and giving them that food. You don't want to click treat right all at the same time, right? You want to click Mississippi to Mississippi treat. So that means, oh, I don't have a treat bag here. I have to go and get another treat bag out of the dog room. You can do that. So if you're like, oh, I have to get a spoonful of ground beef and hand it to you. You can do that too. So see, there's no excuses not to use meal times as training opportunities, okay? So we want to do that. Um, in the beginning, a lot of times with my dogs, with the 
uh, boot camp dogs. I start with treats because I'm trying to build a relationship and build that food drive. Some dogs come out and they adore their food and they love it, love it, love it. And some dogs come out and they say, ha, I'm not eating your food. I will starve to death instead and that'll show you. And um, we have tricks up our sleeve to get the dogs to eat. Uh, we will do um, Parmesan cheese on it. <laughs> That's always a good one. And we will do uh, water on it. Um, we have, uh, I love the Stella and Chewies, the freeze-dried. Um, actually, I think I have one bag left, but it is the best. So you can crumble some of that on it and mix it in with it. The dogs love it. Um, so, so those are a couple options for whenever your dog gets off. I don't want to. You could also try, um, I like the soft, moist treats. So these tricky trainers, um, the liver flavor, these pet botanicals. Now these are the minis, which are really nice. They're for smaller dogs, but there's 200 treats in this pouch. And it's only like this full, uh, but they're smaller size. And these are the bacon flavored. So usually I can get the dogs interested in that. And then as they're doing it, I can switch them over and feed them their kibble after a few days, right? And it's okay, they don't mind. Um, but, but do that, do that for training opportunities because it makes it a lot better. Um, you have a lot better training, you get a lot better results out of it and your dog progresses much faster, much more rapidly, you know, in their training, which is what we want. So we have some more comments here. Claire says plain Greek yogurt or kefir for some probiotics. Yes. So you can use normal yogurt, just make sure that it's absolutely plain. The Greek yogurt is better. Uh, don't do like strawberry flavored yogurt with swirls in it. It's bad for you, it's bad for them. But yeah, so one of the things that we'll do uh, is I have a box of Kongs to stuff for the dogs. So we'll take a big mixing bowl and I'll add in some yogurt, some applesauce, I'll mush up some bananas. Um, maybe I will take some of that veggie slop and throw that in there. Uh, couple tablespoons of peanut butter and I'll mix it all up and I will get a gallon Ziploc baggie and I will pump it all into the gallon Ziploc baggie, okay? Zip up the Ziploc baggie most of the way, squeeze out the extra air so it's coming out like you're a cake decorator because guess what I did before dog training, right? I did cakes and candies and stuff. Um, cut off one of the ends, the bottom ends, and you just want to put it in there and pipe it in there. So you want to get in there and squeeze to fill up your Kong. Get the Kongs filled up, put them in a tray, put them in, um, say, a nine by nine pan, eight by eight, nine by 13, whatever pan, depends on how many you're doing. Put them in the freezer, they'll freeze, then you could put them in a clean Ziploc baggie if you want to, or just give them to your dogs. But it's fantastic, and so yeah, whenever I don't eat all the yogurt, they do. Uh, Claire says pork's a softer bone, so she also sticks to beef and chicken, yep. Um, Jackie says avocados are okay, but no pit or skin. Uh, Joseph says, Heidi's always been on science diet. And Claire says, you can't free feed with multiple dogs because who knows how much each dog would get. You know, that reminds me. We watched a, I want to say it was a Judge Judy, but it could have been a people's court where they were told it was a boarding and they had two dogs, a, a big dog and a little dog. And they were told to put the food in there because each dog would know how much they're supposed to eat. Yeah, that's not how it goes. Uh, and it's usually the little ones who are the piggies, all right? Uh, Terry says she uses beef rib bones, no danger of getting trapped in the jaw. They clean any fat or meat right away, and they're allowed to gnaw on them until just slivers. 
awesome. I use, it's from a Red Barn, and they are sterilized beef shin bones. Again, you can order them on Chewy. They were on sale for like 30 bucks a box not too long ago when I bought a box. Should have bought more. Um, but we usually have those for the dogs who come out. Now they're usually around 8 to 10 bucks a piece. So you see why 15 of them for 30 bucks is a really good deal, right? Um, but they are yay big, six inches, I think. And they're stuffed with peanut butter or like cheese. I think they have a chicken one. I think they have a bacon one. And the dogs get to gnaw on those. Now we call them cement bones. Um, we've used them for years. You know, my family has. Um, my parents used them for years. And they're great. They're great for the dogs to chew on. And I like them much better than Nyla bones because Nyla is like, nylon which is like plastic and I don't want to give my dog plastic bones to chew on right I would much rather give them real stuff so we used to do cow hooves and pig ears but sometimes they'll get explosive diarrhea or it stinks to high heaven or if you get cow hooves and there's that little bit that's left and you step on it without shoes on oh does that hurt so uh so yeah we like the uh, the cement bones better um Jackie says dehydrate raw Num nums, yeah, you could totally do that. So we used to make um, liver. I would go to the store and get beef liver. Now, preface this with, we never ate liver when I was growing up. My grandparents did, but we didn't. And liver is gross and it stinks to high heaven. So I would love my dog so much. I would go and get beef liver, boil it, bake it until it was shoe leather. And then I'd use a pizza cutter or like a butcher knife and I'd cut it into small pieces and that's what I'd use for her training. I did that a couple times and Rich and Luke were like, why does the house stink? What are you doing? <laughs> so then I just bought the freeze dried liver and uh, my house didn't have to stink then. <laughs> uh, Claire says she makes bacon bits with the kibble when she's training one of the picky dogs. Perfect. Uh, Christina says she does a mix of kibble, zooks and fruity treats. Nice. We just got some of the fruity treats and I opened it up. It's cranberry pumpkin. And I'm like, oh, this smells good. I'm like, Rich, smell this. He's like, oh, it's a pie. Uh, Maddie says, make sure there's no artificial sweeteners in the yogurt. My vet told me to watch out for that, specifically xylitol. Uh, that is true for peanut butter as well. So they're putting xylitol in a lot of things. So that's, you know, gum has it, um, beverages have it, yogurt has it, peanut butter has it. So you want to make sure that that's not in what your dog is eating. And, you know, when you're doing treats too, guys, check the sugar in the treats because a lot of times like this one has maple syrup in it this one has let's see what it has if i see anything sugar yeah they put it in dog treats why are they putting sugar in dog treats it's so gross so we went for a while with let's make sure that the treats don't have sugar in them and then we're stuck with either the crunchy treats or the freeze-dried and I really like the small, soft ones because they can eat it quickly. Uh, the freeze-dried, I have to sit and chop up because they're these giant cubes. And I honestly don't have time to do that with the boot camp dogs coming in and with my dogs and all the training sessions they get. You know, I don't want to just sit there and do it. So we go the lazy way. Okay. But that's a great uh, advice there. Thank you, Maddie. And Jackie says, OMG, brilliant idea to pipe into the Kongs. Thank you. See, that's why you listen, guys, is for these tidbits. <laughs> Uh, Claire says, boo on Nyla bones, break their teeth, a trainer once told me, right? I haven't had that happen, but Arrow had broken teeth whenever we got them, and it's hard. You know, it's hard whenever they have the broken teeth. Um, I just don't understand, like, why everybody loves them. I'm like, no, why, what? <laughs> don't do that. Uh, so, so we talked about food and feeding. We talked about treats versus kibble. 
I said a lot of times I'll use treats first and then move over to the kibble. I know Gypsy when we first got her and she is a food hound. I tried to train her with just her kibble and she's like, no. And because she was only eight weeks old, I like to soak the kibble for puppies. You can't, I mean, I guess you could teach them to eat off of the spoon, but it's kind of gross. And I don't want to pick up the wet kibble and it would take forever to crunch. So, so some dogs, it takes forever to crunch the kibbles. And then training just goes on forever because the dog's spending, you know, 30 seconds chewing each one. So how many things to work on in one training session? I like to work on two to three things. Okay. Uh, something they know, something they're learning, and something I'm just maybe teaching them. Uh, and uh, for example, the first things, the very first things I teach it on is focus, look at me, and sit. Those are the very first two things. And then I might add in their name or touch or find it or come. It all depends on the dog. But I usually, especially with puppies, I might not run through everything. You know, I might get that focus. I might get sit and then I'm good. So don't expect too much out of each training session and make it fun. You know, make the dog successful. Don't take your new puppy home in the very first training session. You want him to immediately get the focus look at you. You want immediately to come when called off leash outside in a park. You know, like be realistic with what you're asking. And no, you have all the time in the world, but you have to give it a little bit every day. Okay. Now there's a reason why boot camp works out really good with dogs. And it's because Richard and I know what we're doing. Uh, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. We have the time. This is what we do. You know, we don't do in-home privates for people. I uh, don't travel a lot so we can stay here and work the dogs who are with us because we got the awesome ranch and because I'm very much a homebody unless it's going to Disney or Universal. <laughs> so it works out really good for us. Um, and we get to do all that heavy lifting. Okay. And that's what we want is we want to get the dogs where they need to be. So, uh, so like I said, sharing, sharing, sharing. So, so today some of the tricks that we use to get you there. Um, so two to three things to work on. And start small. Now, I want you to keep it organized, okay? Keep it super organized. So how I organize things is I use index cards, okay? So I like the colored index cards. So I've got some yellow, some green. These are the leftover odds and ends ones, so I'm just about out of these. I'm going to also have orange and pink and white in here. So what I did was the... Uh, I, so this is, again, my service dogs, right? We do this a lot. So we have a whole how to do the index cards. You might be able to find that on YouTube. Um, but I know it's in the How to Train Your Service Dog Facebook group. Um, my index card system is I color code. So there's one color for uh, the easy stuff, right? The sit, the down, the come, the stay, the touch, the, uh, the look, all that, right? Then I have another color for more advanced stuff. And then I have another color for public access and another color for task. I think is how I have it broke down. So then I can look at it and I know, and then I have three sections. So I have all of them up and this is what I need to work on, what they need to learn. And then over here is what I'm working on. And over here is what they've got. How do I know that they've got it? I tell them to do it one time and they do it. Not just in my house, right? But out in public too. So I want a high distraction. So we usually take them up to farmer's markets, up to you know Disney. And if I say sit and they sit one time, first time, they can get that card moved over. 
to the I've got this, right? And in different locations, you don't just one time tell your dog to sit at Disney and he sits and you're like, he's got it, it's perfect. No, we wanna check it different, different times, right? And make sure that they've really got it because if you are lying to yourself, you're only hurting yourself and your dog and we don't want that to happen. So that's how we do things is I like to color code and that helps me. So if I sit down to train my dog and I'm like, gosh, I don't know what to do today. That helps me because I look at that and I'm saying, okay, I'm gonna work on these two things because I know the easy ones because I have them color coded. So I love that and it works out, like I said, super duper. Um, so we'll do that. So that's that's how I know what to work on. And like I said, usually in the beginning, it's look at me, look at me with distractions, sit your name, um, find it because that helps me reset them and then come. So that that's like my core of it. And then we'll add in um, better sits, we'll add down, we'll add place, um, you know, we'll add all the fun stuff into. Okay. Um, some comments. Michelle said she did that. It's very time consuming to sit and cutting up all, all the treats. Uh, Maddie says Adam goes bonkers for his kibble. <laughs> he would. He's a lab. <laughs> um, Gypsy does now. She'd do anything for anything, pretty much. Um, Jen says she teases that she does commercial training when the commercial comes on TV. She trains for that long. <clears throat> three or four times an hour, like commercial breaks do, short lessons, breaking command down into components if needed. That's perfect. Yep, I tell people to do that all the time. You know, nobody watches commercials because they, they zip through them or they don't watch normal TV. So uh, so if you need to take a potty break, pause it and, and train your dog. Uh, one of the things I've done in the past is put a clicker and treats in the bathroom. So whenever my dog follows me in there, it's training time. And that was Jedi, my German Shepherd, because I was working on take a bow and she'd always stretch whenever I'd go into the bathroom uh, first thing in the morning. So if I had my clicker and treats in there, I could click and treat her for stretching, which turned into capturing that behavior. So then she would take a bow. Uh, Christina says she does 10 to 20 minute sessions in both houses, both yards, both driveways at six months old. He's getting about two hours a day in training. Okay. So that brings us to the next one, um, which is length of your training sessions. I've got a whole little up one of my index cards so I could write down some notes so I'll make sure I covered what I wanted to cover today. Uh, and if you guys have any questions, please write away comments, questions. So whenever we're done with this, we have other things to talk about too. Um, length of your training session. So Rich is very fond of telling people, oh, 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. For a lot of dogs, that's too much. Okay, and the commercials are better. The What is a commercial? Two minutes? That That's pretty good, right? Um, I like five minutes, 10 minutes if they're really good. I like short sessions. So this is part of your homework, guys, is what I want you to do this week. While you're training your dog, train your dog every day at least two sessions a day, right? And if you're like, well, I train five sessions a day for whatever, great, keep training five sessions a day, but this is how I want them all to be. And if you're like, ah, I haven't done anything with my dog for like a year, now you get to. But I want you to set a timer whenever you start training. So with the boot camp dogs, for example, we get them out of their crate, so we gear them up, get them out of the crate. They go outside. We potty them, maybe do some place or do some sits, right? And then the training begins. So if we're working them outside, we'll do that. If we're um, going to work them inside because, you know, it rains a lot or it's really hot in Florida, then we will come inside and start working them. So whenever you're ready to start working your dog for realsies, set your timer and see how long it takes. See how long that you're doing it, that your dog's good and ignited has that ignition going right and is super excited to do it and see when your dog starts going I'd rather be over there 
I don't want to do this. This sucks. Right? See what happens. Now, Arrow would train for a solid hour plus, and he would be ecstatic about all of it. And don't tell me, well, like, he's on place for an hour, so technically that's training. No, I'm talking about active training with your dog. So say you're capturing down, which I've talked about before. I love capturing down. It is the best, hands down best way to get a down out of your dog, much better than lowering your dog into position. Okay? So if I'm capturing it down, it might take a half hour to get that first down. I'm not going to count that as active training because it's more passive training. It's more that lazy training that I like to do, right? So, um, so yeah, so we'll we'll do that. But see active training. Say you're doing um, sit and down and come and, you know, heal and go over there and come back here. Just see how long your dog stays engaged with you because I'm curious because I know whenever we're working, again, the boot camp dog. So we've had a lot in lately. So I've had a lot of practice with this. Usually five minutes in, they're zoning out. So why do I keep working them? Why would I keep working them for an extra 10 minutes when they're already zoned out? So say they're working for their kibble and I have their kibble in a bowl, I might do click, handful, click, handful, click, handful, right? Or I might do click, here's the ball, right? You earn this. Um, but I don't want to do click, one kibble, click, one kibble for their whole bowl of food because that's going to take them at least an hour to go through because some of these dogs eat giant bowls of food. And I don't want that. I want it to be fun. I want it to be short, sweet, to the point. Um, a couple of analogies that I've used before is I don't want to be the creepy guy at the bar who doesn't know when enough's enough, right? I want to be the one ending on a good note. Do you guys remember that Seinfeld? Um, showing my age here. Seinfeld where George was going to do that. He was going to end on a good note. So he'd come in. He said something. He's like, I'm out of here. Because it was, you know, people laughed. It was funny. It was good. And, uh, and so then people had a fond remembrance of him was, was the idea. But that's what you want. You don't want to be the one who's like, hey, guys, right? Right, right. Now, when Luke was younger, yeah, he's 17 now, right? When he was a kid and he was learning about jokes and telling jokes and watching SpongeBob, and there'd be, he'd say something funny and we'd laugh and he'd repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and again. And he's like, Why aren't you guys laughing? And we're like, It was funny the first time. And I see that sometimes with the dogs. I'll see that that the dogs, they do something great, right? And you're like, okay, do it again and again and again. And the dog's like, dude, I've done this already. Like, why are you still asking me? For example, we had Dusty in uh, the Border Collie for Diabetic Alert Dog Training. Well, for a brush up, he was with us a couple years ago for his initial training. He came last year uh, while his owners went on a cruise. So they went on a cruise again this year. So we got him again for a week. And we had three other dogs in who were in training as diabetic alert dogs. So we had the scent sample. We're working with them. And we're like, oh, let's pull Dusty out and just give him a brush up. It was so funny because we're like, Dusty, you know, like present the tin. And he looks at us and he's like, and he smacks it. And he's like, I've got that. Like, why are you asking me to do this? So it'd be like, I assume you know how to tie your shoes, right? You make bunny ears, the bunny goes around the tree, all that, right? You know how to do that. So if you put your shoes on and tie them, I'm like, oh, that was a very good job tying your shoes. Oh my gosh, that was fantastic. I am so proud of you. Here's a good treat for you. I'll give you money on, you know, Nintendo money. Or I'll buy you something on Amazon because you tied your shoes so good. And you're like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, I'm however old I am. And I've been tying shoes for a long time. And 
you're weird, right? So like, I'll see that sometimes that people just don't know when to give up and then their dog gets bored and they're like, he just doesn't get it. And I'm like, no, he had it. He was doing so good. And you let it go longer than you should have. Um, and it's hard. It's hard for us to know how long it is. So, you know, some songs are two to five minutes long, you know, see how long the songs are. I feel like I don't want to do a timer on my phone. That's lame. Pick a song that you like, preferably a catchy beat, uplifty song, right? But do a song and train during that song and write down how long the song was. Say the song was three and a half minutes long and you did three and a half minutes of training and the dog did amazing and was on it and perfect. And it was like, harmony rainbows and unicorns and fairy dust and it was like the most perfect training session ever try down that it was a three and a half minute long training session and that this is the tune that you jammed out to right uh, and then the next time maybe try a different song maybe try a five minute one and see what happens you know how does your dog do there you know and if they're jazzy upbeat happy songs see if you're like oh my dog kind of gets distracted when i listen to music that's why god invented headphones okay um, some more comments here. Jen says, showing my A's to watching TV with commercial breaks, right? Christina says, we don't watch TV. So you don't watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> We're the last kingdom. That's what I'm currently on. Um, Michelle says, how do I get Bailey to stop whining? <laughs> so how old is Bailey? And when is Bailey whining? Is Bailey whining in the crate? Is he just whining all the time? And what breed is Bailey? Because we found some breeds are way more whiny than other breeds. Uh, Maddie says a little bit here and there is good. In my opinion, for training just depends on the dog and you don't want them burnt out, especially totally. And so Maddie also is training up Venom as her service dog. So for service dogs, we start them at eight weeks old, but we do really short sessions, you know, fun, short, sweet, to the point, and we're out of there. Again, it's George Costanza. Claire says she likes short sessions two to three times a day, 10 minutes maybe for each dog. Perfect. So one of the things is I'm working the boot camp dogs, Gypsy's over on place or in a downstay. So she'll get treats while they're getting treats. And all she has to do is stay in a downstay. How awesome is that? Um, Kathy says Archie knows the commands, but sometimes it's the first time and others, it may be the third time. I think he tests to see what he can get away with. How do you get them to do the command the first time? <laughs> Kathy, I love you. So for that, I love my clickers, I love my treats. Once they get it and they know it, you have to add in something, a little more oomph. So for that, it could be collar. It could be a slip lead. It could be a prong collar, something that, you know, like sit. Mm -mm, thank you, right? Um, I love e-collars for it. I love e-collars for every dog. I get people like, my dog doesn't need an e-collar. I'm like, every dog needs an e-collar because you can do so much with it. There's so much versatility there. They get the off-leash freedom, but you still have that control and that communication. We can use it to fine-tune focus, which is fantastic. Michelle, PM me because I will forget. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> I will forget. Um, so that's how we do it is we overlay. If you just rely on food, for training, you are not going to be successful. Why aren't you going to be successful? Because the dog's going to figure out if you don't have food, I don't have to listen to you. Ha ha. Or, you know what? I'd rather chase the squirrel than come back to you for a tricky trainer's chewy treat. So see you later, alligator. And you're like, no, get back here. So you're like, okay, how about a handful? How about I switch it up and I'll buy you steak? No, 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 no. We don't want that. We don't want that to happen at all. Okay, so that's how we do it, Kathy, is we overlay fun stuff. 
Um, Claire says, super idea, a timer. Thank you. Claire, I'm full of good ideas tonight, right? I'm just on it. And why is because I had a nap today. So that helped. We had stuff like staged throughout the day. Boom, 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 boom. And uh, we had some time in. So I got a little nap. And that was nice. Uh, Christina says, we do short bursts and then a quick play and then a short burst in that time. Oh, totally. Yeah. So let's see. When Rue was a puppy, um, we would get up, go outside, he'd potty, and we'd do some food training, we'd do some toy training, we'd do some more potty, and then he was done, and he fell asleep, and that was really nice. So yeah, it's not just training, but play too, but then I use play for training. So like if they sit, I'm going to toss the toy for them. And a lot of the play, there's two types. There's interactive toys, and there's solitary toys. So solitary toys include things like the cement bones I was telling you about, like the stuffed frozen cons, um, maybe like a stuffy that they can walk around the house and squeak and be really annoying. <laughs> Um, or there's interactive toys that I'm going to play with you with. And those I keep up. So tennis ball, frisbee, tugs, you know, anything that you need me. Why do we do that? <laughs> because whenever the dogs start bringing you slimy toys and dropping them in your lap while you're trying to do computer work is not fun. So those toys get put up until it's time for us to play together. But trust me, you're going to have at least a couple playing training sessions every day. Um, but I like food for training more than toys because they're usually not as drivey and crazy. And again, train a lot of service dogs when I'm out in public. Uh, and my dog does really good. For example, Teddy alerted yesterday. We had him out with us. I was feeling really bad. I did not have a glucometer, but I felt like my sugar was low and I was not feeling good. And he is putting his little paws up on me. Say his reward is a toy that I throw. Well, I'm not doing that out in public. You know, so for that, he got a treat. I had treats at my hip and a, and a treat pouch. So he had treats. And it worked out beautifully. And how great was that? But, you know, we can play with him later. But here, it's treats. Um, Claire says, I always end when they still want to do more. Yes. Yes, exactly. You want to end early on a good note and keep those short, right? Don't go until they're sick of it. Don't go until they hate it. And early on a good note, if you catch yourself here, this is key, guys. Write this down. If you're not writing anything else down, write this down. If you catch yourself saying, just one more, that's it. Put it away. You are done. Just one more. No, put it away. Put it in your pocket. Give your dog a little extra bit of num-nums, and you're done. And on something easy. Say your dog's struggling because you're working on something. Heal. Your dog's not getting it well. And with a sit. And with something that makes them, like, proud and happy. Um, and break your heel down more so your dog's a little more successful. Um, Susan's here, forgot to say hi. Hey, Susan. Uh, Jen says she was told by a psychologist to never make a pattern of feeding rewarding an animal or a child, or they know that they have to do two to get a treat, or three. Always keep it fresh to a for a dog to vary how many is expected. <laughs> so I want you guys, here's more homework for you. Go to Gary Wilkes, Gary, G-A-R-Y, Wilkes, W-I-L-K-E-S, on Facebook and friend or follow him. Your choice. Or friend and follow him. He does a lot with clickers and about the pattern stuff. So if you everything is a click, treat, click, treat, click, treat, your dog's going to get very mundane about it. It's depending on the dog. Get a Malinois. He's probably not going to get a golden lab. They probably might not. But... The um, And then I was just watching a YouTube video from Stanley Sapowski getting ready for my Bart Ballin seminar at the end of the month. This is part of my homework. And one of the things he said is, hold on, let me get my notebook. Here's my bullet journal. I also use it as my notebook. 
and it was good. He said it was called Dopamine Jackpot, exclamation point, Sapolsky on the Science of Pleasure. And you can YouTube search that and find it. Dopamine Jackpot, Sapolsky on the Study of Pleasure. What he said is dopamine is not about pleasure. It's about the anticipation of pleasure. So think about it. I'm thinking about it. Christmas, uh, weddings. You're so excited for Christmas. You're so excited to get married. And then it's ever done with you. You're like, oh, right. Because it's that anticipation. It's the pursuit of happiness versus happiness itself. If you block the increasing dopamine, you don't get the work or the behavior. So this makes it capable of eliciting that goal-directed behavior. So if they get the reward 100% of the time, they, you know, click treat 100% of the time. Okay. Like it has like the spike. But if they get the reward only 50% of the time, it makes dopamine levels go through the roof because you introduce that magic word called maybe into the equation and maybe is super addictive. Think of Vegas, right? You don't get a payoff every time you win. Here's another example I've used in the past. A vending machine. You put a quarter in. Okay, what is it now? Like 75 cents in? You get whatever out of it. Put a buck and a half in, you get whatever out of it. What happens if it's broken and you don't get your thing back? You're going to kick it. You're going to bend it. You're going to yell at it. You're going to call and complain about it because it took your 75 cents. Whereas you go to Vegas and you'll put hundreds of dollars into slots and play it on the tables with the maybe of getting that reward. And then he said, if you do it, um, get that reward 25 or 75% of the time, the dopamine rise is half that between the 50 and the hundred percent. So, it's, it's the variability, but it looks like if you want that highest dopamine, that highest, like, yes, I want to work for you, aim for 50%. Now, that doesn't mean click, no treat, click, treat, click, no treat, click, treat, click, no treat, click, treat, right? You do want to vary it up. And so we'll do that sometimes where we'll click and I'm like, no, I'm not treating you for this one. Do something else. Now do something else. Now do something else. Now you get it. And Again, part of your homework, guys. Try it and see how it does. How is it if you go from a click treat to a click, click treat, click, click, click treat? You know, like how does that change things? Okay. And see, because I'm getting much better behavior. Now, when I'm introducing it, it's going to be a click treat because I introduce the clicker and I have to get them going with it. But once they've got it, I'm not going to do a click treat every time because it gets boring but they're going to get a few clicks or a few yeses or a few breaks or a few saying the word clicker, like whatever it is. Uh, Maddie says, I like to keep it fun. Uh, uh, keep it a bit fun too when working out in public, not being obnoxious, but just fun. No, I get it, Maddie. Yeah. So yeah, when we had um, Teddy out, who, where were we the other day with Gypsy? I had Gypsy out and I'm working her and I was just having a blast. You know, that's one of the reasons why we go to Disney and Universal is we can work the dogs there. It's fun. It's super fun. And tomorrow we have a career day at the local middle school. Local is about 15 minutes away. And uh, Rich is coming. I went last year with Gypsy because he was building hog fencing, right, at the time. So this year he's not building hog fencing and he's coming. So I think we're going to maybe bring Teddy and Gypsy and see how they do. But it'll be a fun time for them. We'll get to show off and do super fun stuff and we'll have their food and it'll be it'll be fun it should be fun michelle says um uh, her whining dog is a year and a half she whines in the crate and on the car ride so she's gonna pm me um, maddie says she loves her e-college her favorite tool aside from the prong and we've achieved so much with that you know what that's so good i have to share that look at that look how awesome that is guys how cool is that um 
She is, Kathy says she's undecided, I think, UDI on the e-collar, but can you use it too much? Yeah, Kathy, I mean, anyone can get dependent on, overly dependent on tools. Uh, the problem with people who are overly dependent on any tools, and that could be clickers and treats, right? Every time the dog sits, you have to click and treat it. The dog's not gonna sit, so you have to show him that you have the treat, and then, well, maybe he's not gonna listen, so you'll just give him a treat so he knows that you have them, and then he'll listen. And yes, I've had people come in and tell me that. I just have to give them a treat to warm them up first. No, no, not at all. So yeah, any treat can be used, any tool can be used too much. My goal with every dog, my ultimate goal is off-leash perfection with no tools whatsoever, no treats, no clickers, no leashes, no collars, no e-collars. I want perfection. However, it's work. It's a lot of work. Not everybody wants to put the work in. And some dogs, some dogs are reactive. And they're never going to get to that point that I'm going to feel comfortable saying, here's what your goal is, because it's not going to happen. My service dogs, yes, I want that to happen. So for, did I tell you guys last week? Um, we're switching Gypsy from um, Head Halter. Because I use the Head Halter, the general leader with her. So clients don't feel like, well... I have to use a general leader, but Vicky doesn't use one, right? So I, I, I use general leader with her. I've used prong with arrow, um, you know, just trying to switch things up. But we use general leader with, with Gypsy uh, probably for the last year. It's simply the general leader e-collar, you know. And if you look back at her pictures, a lot of them, she's wearing the head halter. And one of the reasons is because it's purple and it matches her vest and I like purple. But I'm tired of using it. So I'm like, you're a year and a half old now. You shouldn't need the gentle leader anymore. So she, we got some pretty, oh, really pretty flat collars from Anne in Jacksonville for my friend there. So now it's flat collar, e-collar. And that's what she's going to be on for a while. And whenever she's perfect on that and doesn't need it, because we've gone out and I've forgotten e-collar before, uh, we'll phase off and then she'll be fine. Ara was fine on a flat collar. He was fine off leash. Like I could have walked him through Disney on the busiest day off leash and he would have been amazing. Gypsy would probably get distracted still. <laughs> so yeah, you can use anything too much. What your goal, Kathy, with any tool is, like I said, is to wean them off, but you have to know the right way to do that. And a lot of people don't, a lot of trainers don't. So one of the problems with, um, for example, clicker is people don't know how to wean them off. So they're stuck with it for life and it shouldn't be something you are stuck with for life. I don't want to be stuck with it for life. I don't want to have to wear treats my whole life with my one dog. I wear treats a lot because I have the service dogs who are still learning when we go on outings. Arrow, I wouldn't bring treats, but whenever we started bringing the other dogs, it was nice because you'd hold up a treat and he'd get real pretty and you'd get a nice picture of him. So, you know, I could have tried to capture that behavior a little bit more. Um, but yeah, yeah. But you need to work with a trainer who knows how to wean off of tools as well. So you're not overly dependent on them, if that makes sense. Susan says she's done the click, click, click with e-collar and it helped all things. Good. So a lot of times when we're doing um, e-collar, I like to start with the constant because it's better, clearer communication. Then as they're getting it, I like to go to the tap, tap, tap and see how many I need. So I might switch it to momentary or I might just click, click, click the, con the constant. But yeah, yeah, it, it does. It does a lot better whenever you do that. So that's perfect, Susan. I'm so happy to hear that. Um, Maddie says Venom would blow me off so many times if he didn't get corrected. He's going through his teen period, and if he could roll his eyes, he would. Ha-ha. <laughs> yeah, I have a 17-year-old at home right now. 
I was a good kid. Um, and Luke's a good kid too. He's a super good kid, but you can tell he's a teenager. <laughs> but yeah, you've got it, Maddie. So how many people would have washed out Venom because you can't use a prong collar and e-collar on a service dog? And you're like, but he's blowing me off. Well, you'll just need higher value treats. No, you don't. You need to tell him to knock it off, right? Uh, Claire says, I love my e-collars, especially out in the field. It's 200 yards long, which is five acres. And I'm up against deer poo and who knows what else. So here's Jedi, my German Shepherd. We are out tracking. And after tracking, we let them run. So we're out in this field. And her and a friend, her dog, um, they're running. And they're playing and they're having a blast, right? And this is before I was into e-collars. And she sees a deer. I see the deer. Her the friend's dog sees the deer. And they take off. And I'm like, Jedi, come. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm never gonna see her again. And she flipped around and she came right back to me. I'm like, oh. it can happen that you don't need an e-collar, but there's other things that we did where the e-collar was really nice, right? But I, you know, I, I want that. You know, I want everyone to be able to call their dog off of deer or deer poo and who knows what else. And the e-collars make that a lot more possible. And it gives them the freedom. You know, they get to run. I've got five acres, too. It's the best. Um, Joseph says, with the prong collar, I've walked Heidi three times and she's a different dog with it. Yeah. So Heidi and Joseph came out on Sunday for their very first session. And, and that's what we started was with the prong collar. And it, it's huge. It's a life changer, guys. A true life changer, which is awesome. Jackie says, I love Gary. Been following him for a while now. So that's Gary Wilkes. And he's completely changed my view of rewarding a dog. Jackie, that's awesome. I'm so, so happy. Um, Susan says, she went through training with higher value treats and it didn't work. I know. So so here's part of the posse. So you guys know I used to be a posse, right? So what's a posse? Posse is a positive only trainer. Um, E-collars and shock collars are the devil. And if you use them, you are the devil. And that, that was my philosophy. And I felt bad because I had my Siberian Husky Boo and I had used a prong collar on her. And how, how much of a devil am I if I had to use one on my own dog? But I'm telling people not to because it's so bad. So we, you know, I, I, I drunk the Kool-Aid. I believed it. And then I'm at a client's house and she's telling me about her dogs and they were very reactive. And I'm looking at them because there were two of them. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, it's going to be at least six months working with one, six months working with the other, and then putting them together. This is going to be a while because they were very, she couldn't walk down the street. She tried walking up and down like just a little bit and the dogs were nuts, apeshit crazy over dogs and people and squirrels and birds and anything. I'm like, this is going to take some time. So she tells me, she goes, before I moved to Gainesville, I had a session with a trainer who used an e-collar out west. What are your thoughts on that? I'm like, well, they're the devil's tools, what I've been told, but I've actually never used one, felt one, or seen one in real life. So she brought it out, and it's not a, a brand that I use today. I use much better brands today. But she puts it in my hand. I said, let me feel it. Let me see it. So she brings it out. And I put it in my hand, and I said, okay, I want you to push the button. And I go, whoa. And I dropped it. She goes, you know, Vicki, I haven't even pushed the button yet. I said, yeah, I know, but I know it's going to be a taser. I know it's going to hurt like Hades, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Push the button. And she pushes the button. I'm like, no, seriously, that was a tingle. Push the button for real. She goes, Vicky, I pushed the button for real. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I said, this? This is what all of that is about? This is nothing. 
nothing. My tens unit, I like it higher than this. You've got to be kidding me. So I told her, I said, give me two weeks. Now, this was many, many, many years ago before YouTube had all this stuff, before Facebook was as big as it was. And I got on some old forums. And Lou Castle had a forum at the time. And it was on e-collars. And so I reached out to him privately. And I'm like, okay, trainer, I've been saying about how, how the devil these are. But I have a client who would really need it. And I want to learn some more. So he, he set me up with a false identity to get on there. So I want to have to use my real name, the false identity. What did he give me? Victoria Weston instead of Warfall. So I'm like, okay. So I got on there and I got to learn. Um, I talked to a couple other trainers. I talked to Lou for a couple hours, talked to a couple other trainers for a couple hours each. And because of my posy background with the clickers and the treats, it was so much easier for me to pick it up and understand how to use it. Basically, you click and treat the good, and you can, this is what happened then, like you stim for the bad. Now, there's way more to it than that, but that was my my first thoughts of it. I'm like, dude, this is going to be so easy, and it was for me. Like, I, I took to it, um, but I didn't tell people about it because I thought that, you know, and whenever I told some of these other posy trainers, I'm like, have you ever actually found one? No, but they're the devil's tool, and I'm like, but it's nothing. Like, guys, you need to feel this. This is nothing. Well, no, then I was a pariah, and I was the devil. I mean, to each his own, but like I've been there and this is what happens with the posy way is like Susan says she went through training with higher value treats and it didn't work. Then they weren't high enough. You weren't trying enough or you were in too high of a distraction environment and you need to take them to a lower distraction environment. That's baloney. It is such baloney. It is such bullshit. No, you need to correct your dog. We've had a couple dogs come out. And some of them I know the history, some of them we don't know the history. But one thing I do know for some of these dogs is they were never given a correction because they don't know how to handle it. Not that I'm the devil with it, but if I tell the dog to sit and he doesn't sit, he's going to get some guidance with the leash or he's going to get my hand going down his back to help him, to teach him what it is that I want. I'm not an ogre when it comes to training, right? I'm very kind and thoughtful and gentle. And so is Rich and so is Luke, especially in the beginning. Uh, again, tying shoes with the kid, right? Uh, or here, got a better one. You kid, you come home and your little kid, little tiny kid, right, is is drawing on your wall. Like he's like a year old, right? Like he's drawing on your wall. Oh no, honey, over here, look at this. this is what we do is we draw in coloring books. See, let's sit down together and draw. Okay. You come home and your teenager's drawing on your wall with Sharpies. Different story. You're not gonna be like, no, honey, over here. I'm like, I've got this. Like, no. It's going to be a punishment. It's going to be a correction. And he's going to repaint that darn wall, right? Or she. But it's not going to be like, it's okay. That you would do when, when it was an appropriate time to do it. Does that make sense, guys? I use that analogy all the time. So Claire says, I think we've all drunk the Kool-Aid at one time or another until, right? Um, Maddie says, pure positive doesn't work in the real world. And it doesn't. It really, really doesn't. But if you know how to reward a dog. So a lot of people, so here's, oh my gosh, guys, me and rabbit holes tonight. Um, purely positive doesn't work. So what the posse is, right? The positive trainers, positive only trainers. Um, and then, oh, those are the correction trainers. We're not correction trainers. So they started saying, no, we're not correction trainers. We're balanced trainers because we use both. Well, here's the thing is, so you have a chair or a stool, okay? 
if one leg is off, the whole thing rocks. So I have a table out on my patio. Now, Susan was out here today. She can attest to this. It's not placed right. And my patio is a little bit wavy. So it's rocking really bad. Like if you, it'll, it'll rock. But all the legs are the same length. Right, but it doesn't matter because the ground's uneven. And if the ground was even and one of the legs wasn't the same length, it would still rock, right? So it's even, but it sits like this, like it's still gonna rock. It's not about using everything equally. I'm not going to give a dog a, one treat per every correction that I give them. It's about using what the dog needs. So I don't like the term balance, Rich does. Rich uses it a lot, I don't. And since I'm the one who does the website, the website doesn't, I shouldn't have anything on it about balance training. But on the front page of it, um, I stole a philosophy term that I like, which is positive first. So it should be positive first. But I'm not afraid to use a correction if I need to. I'm all about tools and anything. Again, I use clickers and treats and toys and pets and praise. I use e-collars. I use prong collars. I use slip leads. I use head halters. The really only thing I really don't use is a no-pull harness because it, their front legs, they can't walk fully. So they have like this little weird stilted gait. Um, and then the harnesses that are made to promote pulling, like if I'm training up a dog to pull a wheelchair, that's what that's for. But I don't like harnesses. And I'll use harnesses on puppies. But I don't like the no-pull harnesses. So that's one I really don't use all that much. But, you know, if I had the right dog, I might. Susan says, yep, I heard that. Luckily, I didn't believe them and worked with Sam. Yep. Um, and he he's fantastic. I really adore Sam. Um, Claire says, great illustration. <laughs> yep, that's me. So, we talked about the training. Now, I also, one of the big keys on training, guys, is being flexible. If you're doing something and it's not working, change it up and do something else. So say I want to work on center, which is come between my legs. But my dog is really distracted and having a hard time with it. Or she's really tired or whatever. Maybe I'll switch it up and do some touch. Do like four or five touches. You're done. She doesn't know that I wanted to do center. Right? So she'll center, she'll center, she'll center, and then she'll, you know, or I'm sorry, she'll touch, 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 and then we're done. So she doesn't know that I wanted to do center with her. She just knows we had a successful training session because I'm flexible, right? Um, I have my board up there. I might say, like, I want to do this. Ah, you know what? That's not really cutting it today. Let's switch and do something else. And that's a sign of a good trainer is one who can be flexible, who's going to change up and do what the dog needs in that moment. Okay, so flexibility, guys. And then afterwards, soak time. S-O-A-K, which is great time. So after the training session, they need some time to think about it, to think about what they learned. Now, I've got another good analogy. It's just the night for analogies, guys. Um, here's my good analogy. It is Rich and I joined a gym in December. And so we've been trying to go. Now with the house stuff, you know, we didn't want to leave the guys here alone working on it all the time. Um, and then, you know, it's been just crazy busy. But we, we go to the gym. And here's something I didn't know is it's not a matter of doing like, um, I like the machine exercises, right? So maybe I'm doing leg curls. It's not a matter of doing like 100 leg curls at a time and seeing how much you can get. No, it's a matter of doing two to three sets of eight to 10 of them at a weight that you can do, but maybe the last couple is a little uh, 
to get done, right? So it's a matter of shorter training sessions, right? And you're done. And then you get to rest up. So you're supposed to go every other day, like three times a week, right? Um, and not every day. Like, no, I'm going to live in the gym and I'm just going to do leg presses constantly. Rawr! Like that's not going to help because you grow during the rest times. And so does your dog. So what you want to do is after you do the training, put your dog in the crate so your dog can fall asleep and think about what they learned. That soak time, guys, is as important as the training time itself, okay? It really is, and a lot of people won't do that. They'll say, okay, train, 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 train. Okay, now do something else. Now go outside and play on your own. Now, you know, do this, do that. Even lie on the couch with me. No, I like crate. If I don't have crate, I'm gonna do sit on the dog leash. I'm gonna do place. I want you to just relax and think about what it is that you learned. Because that's when that growth happens. That's when that learning happens is during the soak times, okay? So when you're doing your training this week, what's your homework? Do the training, time yourselves, three to five minutes, see if that makes a difference in your training sessions uh, versus say 15, 20, 25 minute training sessions. Um, let me know if it does. Do, if you're clickering, do clicks without treats and see what your dog does and report back to me and make sure that you give your dog soak time at the end, okay? And see how your dog does with it. Okay, so we're changing a, a lot. If you wanna change one thing at a time, you're welcome to, but it's awesome and it helps, right? It helps out tremendously. Um, and it gives you something else to work on. So if you're like, oh, I'm getting bored with my old routine, try and see how it does. Okay, so Kara says Waylon only uses harnesses. Waylon is your, <laughs> whenever your dog's older, right, it's a different story. And it's a harness, it's not a no-pull harness. So like I said, I do use harnesses. Uh, some of the service dogs wear them. Um, but whenever it's a smaller dog, whenever the dog's older, whenever the dog's, well, he's blind, right? It's a different story too. And if he walks nicely on him. Look who joined us, Rich. I'm just here to give you the goat report. Do we have babies? No. Just letting you know everything's okay. All the goats are fine. Okay, thank you. Baby goats are, are still, they're a little wet. But so still last fine. week after this is whenever Suki had her baby, who is um, ha uh, Lando Calrissi. So whenever I signed off on this last week, we're just like, we got a baby goat. And it was still wet and goopy. So that was super. So I was kind of hoping that this would trigger. We have one goat left who's expecting. And if you look at our, my personal Facebook, uh, Victoria Warfel or Rich is Richard Warfel. Um, you can see, you can see the, the goatee babies. Um, Jackie says, I call myself balanced, not because I use all methods equally. Rather, I use what's necessary for that particular dog to hit balance in the relationship. Just my take on it. Now that's perfect. I like balance in the relationship, right? Well, I like the idea. I like the idea of coming up I with. Told um, you. I told. I like the idea of um, if if at any given moment you choose balanced um, methods, you're going to choose either kind of way you're going to work with the dog. Then um, then you'd be balanced, right? So it'd kind of be like uh, what, dear? I don't know. If you know, you, you could change your whole diet and say, okay, I only eat vegetables or I only eat meat or something like that. Or you could say, um, uh, say everybody I take is going to have the right things in it, all of them, right? So you could have a balanced diet, right? So you could be a balanced trainer and no one gets this, do they? 
I'm not good at webcasts. Okay, just he's go, good, guys. Go Rich needs some loving, guys. <laughs> to see here. So I was talking about like the okay. term positive first because that's kind of how I want to approach it. I'm not going to get a dog and be like, "Sit, doggy." That's bad. Well, I like the idea. But I like to show them what it is before I give them corrections for it. Also, if you set up your if you set up your answers to problems, um, looking at them from both sides of the problem. So, yeah. so. If you tell something not to do something, you leave a hole, and then you have to fill that hole with uh, what are you supposed to do, then you're good, right? Good. Okay. Uh -huh. So Beth says, train the dog in front of you, not the dog in your mind. Yep. Yeah. See? See, like that. And you, and you come up with, you answer the moment that you're in, right? Yes. But you do it with both sides. Both sides. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Claire says, keep a rubber band on your wrist. Remind yourself to be flexible and pop it once in a while to remind yourself. Um, Antoinette says, how do you make sure the dog has the task? I'll give, give the command and he'll do it, but 45 minutes later, he acts like he doesn't. It's frustrating. So he's young too, Antoinette. Um, you know, and he's learning. So Gypsy will sometimes, you know, I'll drop something and I tell her to, to get it. And she looks at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, no, seriously, get it. Uh, what was it the other day? We had her down, so we've been taking her down by the goats. So yesterday we had her down there and I was trying to tell her to get the goat bowl because Rich feeds a lot of dog food bowls and we have to go and get it. So I'm like, let's see if she'll get it. And and so she, whenever it was upside down to me, had turned it upside down. So I flipped it right side up and she grabbed it and she got it and she brought it to me. So I thought that was great. So part of it, Anjanette, is breaking down the task and seeing how he's doing with the different pieces of the task and then putting it together. I'm making sure that, you know, he's had the soak time, making sure that he does got it. He's got it in different environments, different locations. So I do a lot of training either here in my bedroom or in the dog room or in the office. Um, I want to make sure that the dog listens to me everywhere, not just those locations too. So it's getting good here and then moving there and there and there and there. Okay. Um, Deb says, what about when friends jump in and say, oops, to pick up something or randomly say paw when this is a service dog and training, how do I correct that person or do I ignore it? Um, for, so your friends are saying, um, they're, they're just saying like the word oops, and which is what, okay, so if you guys don't know, so Deb's, um, she's Loki's owner. And I use, if I drop something, I say oops, and Gypsy comes and picks it up and gives it to me. Now you notice she's in here. I just said the word and she didn't come running over to see because I'm not talking to her, right? Um, so there's that, or if they say paw and he's a service dog and you don't want him to paw at you, I work on training them to ignore other people. So I want them to ignore other people giving the commands. I want them to ignore other people saying their name, which is hard. It's difficult. So we set that up and we practice it. So Deb, you know Brownwood, right? Where we used to do the group classes at. I love Brownwood and it's usually busy. So I love to train up there. And what I'll do is I'll sit. Um, there's this tree that I like to sit by and I'll sit there with my dog. And this is where the clicker comes in because I can sit. People come up to me. We can talk because, you know, you got a dog. People are going to come up to you. Um, people are going to talk to you. And I can still work my dog. <clears throat> now, if I was saying a, a, a verbal release word, if I was saying break, then the conversation would break, look like this and good. And it would be very break, annoying to the person I'm talking to. And the dog's not going to know if I'm talking to them or talking to you. So instead, that's where the clicker comes in a lot. So if Gypsy's there and we're working on focus on me, right? Um, she's looking at me. I'm going to click and treat. And so somebody comes up and is talking to me and she totally ignores them and is looking straight at me. Click and treat and say they reach out and they touch her, 
because, you know, maybe this is something staged that I know the person's coming up. If she turns to look, uh-uh, good, 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 break, click and treat. So I will use that because I don't want weird people coming up to my dog saying sit in my dog's sitting, right? Um, people do the whole, like, I'm not going to touch him because that's rude, but I'm going to sit here and stare at your dog. Or what's your dog's name? Oh, why should I tell you my dog's name? If I tell you my dog's name, you're going to call my dog, in which case my dog is going to you know, look at you because you're calling the name. And oh, how annoying is that, right? So instead, I teach him that if somebody else says your name and you look at them, you're going to get an uh-uh, a no, maybe a caller correction because you know better than that. Now, I'm not going to take an eight-week-old puppy and give him color corrections for it, right? But I'm going to treat myself way more, right? I'm going to click, I'm going to have a higher rate of reinforcement. As they're getting it, they know their name, and they know to start ignoring people. Maybe they'll look, uh-uh, good. There you go. And build up from there. So, Deb, take it as training opportunity because you can't correct everybody. Um, and they're going to say things like, do you want to sit down? You're not going to be like, hey. And they're going to come to you. They're going to be like, hey, does your dog sit, 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 sit? And they're going to start snapping and pointing, sit, sit, sit. Your dog doesn't know, sit. <laughs> not from weirdos who just come up to me. He doesn't know, sit. No, I teach my dog to listen to me, right? Or like I like to tell people whoever has that leash. Claire says, thanks a lot. Got to run. I'll have to watch the skin. Great tips. Thank you, Claire. Um, Kara says, yes. Kathy says, thank you, Victoria, for sharing all of your knowledge and training tips with us. Gypsy says, squeak, squeak, squeak. Maddie says, hey, Rich. And uh, Susan says, she's doing our time, her time, not ours. Oh, freckles. She had the girl, she had Sookie and Jen last January. So we're kind of hoping for more girls. And Jeanette says, thank you. Susan says, Sam, stubborn. He follows commands when he wants, except when I ask different time or location. So we'll work on that more with him. Deb says it's like a game to them. Yeah, some people are weird and that's their fun is trying to mess with your service dog. And I'm like, what the hell, people? Like, I don't come up to your kid and say, come with me. I've got candy. I really have it. I've got a lot of candy in my car. And if you just come with me and help me find my dog, I'll give you a whole carload of candy. Come on, little kid. And look at the parents like, see, I'm so good. I didn't give your kid candy, but I told him I had a lot of it. People, stop it right? Um, because people are weird. <laughs> and now you're like, Vicky, you're, you're done. <laughs> uh, Maddie says, how can I get Venom to be more gentle when he does his paw command for my response task? So for that, if he is good with it, and he's very overly exuberant because Gyps, I don't, I don't like a paw because they can rake nails down your leg and it hurts. And I wear shorts a lot, right? Um, so what you can do is, uh-uh, uh-uh, easy, and show him easy. Click and reward only for the easy ones. Um, and then do something fun with him to get rid of that extra energy because he's allowed, you know, do some tug or some play. Um, or um, Maddie, I really like a nose bop more than a paw touch for an alert um, because it's easier. Like, it's really hard for them to headbutt you. <laughs> bet, bet him can do it. Gypsy could probably do it too. Um, so yeah, so you can either... Tell them, uh-uh, easier, and show them what that means. Clicker for the easier ones instead of the, the harder ones, or try nose bump. Um, Jackie says, thanks for a great video, Vicki. I passed my bedtime. Hope to catch you again soon. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you for tuning in. Internet says the dogs are attacking the dog with <laughs> the squeaky toy. Thanks, Gypsy. Yeah, you knew that was Gypsy, right? <laughs> Gypsy, honey, the other dogs hear you squeaking. 
oh my god, she just dropped it and she looked at me. It's her like Eric the Red Bark Box Ball squeaky thing. It's the best. She loves it. And Loki came in to see who was squeaking, right? And my three want Gypsy to have her own webinar. They're very interested in her toy. Here she comes. Gypsy, where's your toy? Aw. She'll get a treat for that. So I didn't tell her to do anything, but she dropped the squeaky and she came over. So she'll get some nom-noms because she's a good girl. Here, there's a toy here for you, too. Okay. Yeah, Gypsy would love to have her own webinar. And she loves, so we have a dog who came out today, I was telling you about. Um, I cannot wait to work with this dog. He's coming in in May. And he is reactive around other dogs. And Gypsy does not believe in that. So Gypsy thinks everybody's her best friend. So I can't wait for having him out here. Okay. So that's tonight. Food. We talked about food and feeding. And the ideal, your ideal training session with your dog. Uh, because I want you to have it here's there's some tips now there's more that's not all of them right there's a heck of a lot more but that's enough to get you started okay um Sammy wants it he loves squeaks Gypsy adores them and since we don't have arrow toys are seeming to last a lot longer without getting ripped apart <laughs> go figure um but yeah yeah I love BarkBox and our next one is on the way so I'm very excited about that too but uh, we'll probably throw one of them in her um, in her suitcase from Missouri. So she has something fun in the hotel room to do for, I think I'm there for almost 10 days. Uh, seven, eight, nine, yeah, 10 days, yeah. Um, and Jeanette says, Precious Gypsy, her potential boyfriend's now 24 inches and I'm sure over 80 pounds and he's only nine months old. That's awesome. So Gypsy has three potential baby daddies and Jeanette's boy, uh, Loki and um, Aiden. And so since she's going to be having at least three litters, hopefully we can do one of each and see how things go. Uh, and then her first litter in two more years, so about two and a half years. Um, I know we have a couple people, so we'll be growing our breeding program. So Maddie says, thank you for the stream. You guys are welcome. Um, I will be back next Tuesday night uh, live on Dream Dog Central Florida Dog Training. Now our website is dreamcanine.com. And our How to Train Your Service Dog is our podcast and our Facebook group. And if you go to the .com, howtotrainyourservicedog.com, that is our website for our online course. Now, we have a bunch of different courses online. We have our service dog training program. We have our dream dog course. We have our potty training. We have our focus intensive. And we have our essential oils and dogs. And depending on what you purchase, you get different. If you order the, if you do the service dog training program online, you get access to all of it. Now, when we get Malapuppy, uh, which hopefully will be in eight weeks. Um, when we get Malin Puppy in, we're going to be doing a whole online course on how to raise your puppy the right way. Now, since it's going to be a Malinois, it's going to be a little different. But then whenever we have gypsy puppies, um, if we keep one, we can continue with that. If not, hopefully we'll get one local that we can meet up with weekly to show what we're doing at least weekly. Mary says, thank you for all the tips. You guys are welcome. So let me know what you want to see for next week. Uh, message me um, and let me know what it is. If not, I'll have to wing it, right? So I will see you guys. Have a great week. Do your homework and I will see you.